Tesla is almost teasing all of us right now. They really, oh, not almost. And it's like they're kind of just like playing with us right now. You know this is a big deal to them, right? Do you think that Tesla is wrapping these vehicles to tease that they're going to have that in-house wrap here in the U.S.? Can you imagine? No. Like growing up, like we would keep our batteries in the freezer or in the fridge. Did you? Yeah, we did. This week, an insider drops the beans on when to expect the Cybertruck delivery event. And Elon Musk takes the Israeli prime minister on a joyride and we get some really cool inside scoop here inside the truck. Plus, Smudgegate is now a thing for Cybertruck. All that and more starts right now. So you guys may have noticed that we have a whole new set here. Um, we're hoping that you join us on this ride whether you're watching on YouTube or you're listening to this in more of a podcast style fashion, um, please sit back and enjoy the show. So let's get right into it with the Cybertruck because we're seeing lots of images and I feel like each time we see an image, it starts to feel more serious. <laughs> like it's really starting to happen. Um, and with that, I'm starting to think about when is this delivery event going to be? When are we actually gonna start seeing them with real people? Yeah, there's been some indication that it's right around the corner. Of course, we were lucky enough to get the invite or the opportunity to get the invite to, to attend a delivery. Opportunity to get <laughs> the invite. You've been getting ready. Yes. I know you've got your, your rodeo stuff oh, and yeah. your cowgirl stuff I'm all lined up. I'm curious if there's going to be a theme. Yeah. So there was like the cyber rodeo before, and yeah. I love cowboy boots. I'm wearing a pair right now. <laughs> um, you know, so I'm like, I, I have to be ready to go because we'll probably only get like a week notice. Yeah. If that, and then it's. That's how it's been. That's absolutely how it's been. And you know, the, the person who got footage last week that we saw the footage of the off-roading Cybertruck, he actually was able to chat with some of the drivers. There were two drivers involved with those Cybertrucks that were off-road. And he got some insights about exactly when Tesla is going to be having this event. And the delivery looks like it's going to be in October. That's what one of these drivers for Tesla that was uh, testing the Cybertruck told this person. Of course, right now we're in the latter portion of September. So we're talking two to maybe four weeks at the most. Uh, Elon initially had hinted that this is going to be something that we'll see you know, at the end of Q3. At this point, it looks like uh, with less than about a week or so left in the month here in the, in the quarter, yeah. it's not going to happen in September. So October looks almost certainly yeah. to be when it goes down. I also heard rumors that it could even get pushed into November and be like the four-year anniversary yeah. of when yeah. it was unveiled, yeah. which would put it, what, at the 21st of November, 21st, I believe it was? 2019, that's when we were there. Yeah, yeah. so that's crazy. <laughs> I was actually pregnant at that event, which is just so <laughs> weird. Ago. Now you've got a toddler. Now I have a toddler. We'll definitely be there for you guys and make a video out of it, maybe live stream. Let us know in the comments like what you want to see out of that event. We can be your eyes and ears. So in terms of cost, that's the other thing I think yeah. a lot of people want to know. What is this Cybertruck going to cost? Originally, yeah. I think it was right around $40,000. That was the base price that was teased. And I think just about everyone, given inflation, given how long it's been, is kind of under the impression that we're not going to be anywhere near that. And Tesla's had the advantage of kind of looking at four years of the Rivians and, you know, the F-150 Lightnings and all these make it to market now and kind of gauge the interest yeah. at those price points. Elon tweeted that he thought the Lightning was too expensive, which makes That's me true. think he's going to try to keep the price down closer to $50,000? That's that's what we think it's going to be, absolutely. 50000 uh, would be the base price, but as yeah. you and you know, you know, following this for such a long time, base price is not what's available initially. So I think the mid-70,000 price point for the all-in, tri-motor, performance variant, whatever they end up going with for their top end, 
is where that price is going to come in at. And that still falls uh, below the $80,000 tax credit price point. So well. what do you think? So we did put in an order um, for a Cybertruck on that that event four years ago. What do you think of that price point? Is that something that you would be comfortable pulling the trigger on it? At the 70000 price point, I, I'm sure it's going to be a compelling EV again with what Elon's been teasing about all that it's capable of and being able to go into the water and float momentarily and all these other things that he keeps putting out there. Um, but for me, I think I'd want it to be closer to the 50. I wouldn't need the performance variant. But I know apparently there's over 2 million people now in line as far as pre-orders. So mm -hmm. I'm sure you know at least the percentage of those is, are going to be waiting and jumping right on board for, for the 70K plus. Yeah. So I think there are going to be a fair amount of people too that have those pre-orders, take delivery of them, and then try to flip them for a profit. Oh, I'm for sure. sure we're going to see a lot of that with for this. For sure. Turo, get ready to be flooded with Cybertrucks. <laughs> so obviously we are really excited about the Cybertruck and Tesla is almost teasing all of us right now. They released, oh, it's not almost. <laughs> they are teasing, teasing us. us. Yes, they released some footage of it on a test track and it's like they're kind of just like playing with us right now. They know yeah. that we all want to know more and they're just like, how much can we give them without giving them yeah. too much? I mean, you know this is a big deal to them, right? The Cybertruck event that's coming up is a huge deal. They can't mess it up. They kind of messed it up the first go around, but they owned it so it became <laughs> a good thing. Um, now it's got to really knock it out of the park. So I think that's part of why we're kind of still waiting for this unveil date to, to come around. Also, like, obviously we're seeing this footage of it on the test track and they're still doing quite a bit of testing. I know that we've seen some images of it being crash tested where yeah. the inside of it's kind of demolished and things like that. So what is it that we are waiting waiting on right now? <laughs> like, why are we not having the event? What is going on? Yeah, I mean, you're waiting on the EPA certification information that'll give you some of the specs that we always see that are required pre any delivery to take place. So that hasn't come out yet. So rain towing, you know, performance numbers, all those are within those EPA data sets that are going to be released. And of course, the crash test worthiness data as well from NHTSA is something that we're all waiting for as well. So once those come out, you'd have to imagine Tesla immediately announces the delivery date and or it happens in conjunction with that. So um, that, that's where I, th where I think we stand with some of this stuff. And now we're seeing test footage around the tracks yet again. Yeah. And we're like, hey, this has got to be around the corner. Yeah. Why are we still running these numbers? We're seeing all these tests now. We're yeah. seeing that they're doing these tests. And we're yeah. probably going to see more and more of it until that event is announced. Yeah. Because that's part of the process, I guess. Yeah. And with that, we also saw some footage <laughs> of Elon and the prime minister of Israel yes. inside of the Cybertruck. And we really got a nice view <laughs> of the inside of it there. There yeah. were some interesting things we noticed. Yeah, Benjamin Netanyahu, he was out there at the Fremont factory with his wife. And and he got a tour of the factory. He also got into the Model X, and he apparently seemed to like the Model X a lot. But the Cybertruck prototype, he got to take a test drive in that as well, or a test ride. Elon was driving it this go around, and you could see the ambient lighting, which almost identical in resemblance to uh, the Model 3 Project Highland, Model 3 Plus. Mm -hmm. So we saw the, the ambient lighting within that. Um, and also, did you notice the, the windows? The, yes, the glass is really thick. I guess, <laughs> you know, this time if they hit it, with a steel ball. Yeah. I don't know if it's the angle of, of the image or, I mean, it's got to be, right? It's got to be a, a new level of thickness when it comes yeah, to... Yeah, they can't, they it's... don't want to, they're probably, <laughs> I'm guessing, they're going to try to like throw the ball at it again. They're going to have Franz throw the ball at it again. Watch the ball be bigger and heavier this yeah. time just to prove a point. <laughs> exactly. And they're like, we cannot let that glass break. But I mean, it broke, but it didn't actually like, it, it didn't, shattered. It didn't, it didn't, it didn't inside, yeah. it's cool to see the ambient lighting. Also just seeing how similar it is 
to the new Model 3, the refresh Model 3, whatever we want to call it at this point. That's obviously where Tesla is going with the overall Mm. look of their vehicles from here on out. And you know, with the Model S and X being the flagship vehicles, you would imagine those are the ones that are going to get these nicer interior touches, the ambient lighting. And again, you'd have to think that those are getting it very soon. It's not Mm -hmm. going to be a full-blown refresh. It's just all of a sudden in production, you see this LED strip that shows up inside SNX and Y as well. So, I mean, that's that's where I think... Well, they're not going to do it all at once. You're not not going to see it. It's kind of like they're releasing it vehicle by vehicle because then you want that one and, you know... Correct. And the prices might go back up because it might include other things because right now the prices are at historic lows. Right. For the SNX. <laughs> For the yes. SNX, correct. All right. And kind of on that same note with the Cybertruck, we're seeing Larry Ellison, who is the CEO of Oracle, talking about the Cybertruck being the next gen police vehicle now. So I think that's pretty cool. I can definitely see it as that. There's an image with Oracle on the side of the Cybertruck. Yeah, he was there giving a keynote address at the company's Cloud World 2023 event and made some interesting points about the Cybertruck. And I know he's good friends with Elon. And in one of the previous books with Ashley Vance that we read years ago, he had spent some time and is close friends with him. Apparently, Ellison knows quite a bit about the Cybertruck. And he said as much during this event saying, you know, I can't spill the beans just yet, but I probably know a little too much. He introduced what he called Oracle's next gen police vehicle and said, quote, our next gen police car is coming out very soon. It's my favorite police car. It's my favorite car, actually, altogether. It's Elon's favorite car. It's incredible. I know too much about it and still some things to be disclosed, but amongst other things, it's an incredibly safe, very fast, and it's got a stainless steel body. So some of those things we know. Definitely leading people (laughs) on. But you know, there are a lot of, there are, I think there's at least, what do you call them? A police. Cruiser, yeah, yeah. The Somerset, Somerset Police Department is yes. the first in the country that uh, in that Model Y. And and so we're seeing more and more Model Ys now as police cars. And I read something that they save something like $80,000 over 10 years by switching to an electric vehicle, yeah. which I think is huge. So, so I can see the Cybertruck as a police vehicle. I think it makes sense. But then, you know, it's funny because when you look in the comment section, which is my favorite place to look. When I'm reading these articles, I love to go see what people are saying about it. And there are some people that really talk about it being this whole like dystopian future that Elon Musk and conspiracy theories um, that kind of it leads into with the way the Cybertruck looks so radically different and then the new Model 3 looking different. Just the way Elon talks about the future and robots and now we have Oracle coming in there and taking over the technology. I just think it's really interesting. I'm curious what you guys have to say. And actually there was a really funny comment in there that I'm going to read because it was, I'm going to give it my funny comment <laughs> award. Because we get those in our comment section of our videos. We get some yeah. pretty funny comments from not not the general viewers that we have consistently, but the passerbys that have no idea what they're talking yes, about when it comes to this one EVs. I love. So I'm going to go ahead and read it. It was from, there's an electric article and they said, April 20th, 2026, Oracle Corporation announced today that it has signed a five-year contract to operate the San Bernardino Police Department. This is the fourth such contract Larry Ellison's conglomerate has won under California's new franchise security law. Oracle's GPT-powered PR robot said the corporation will deploy Tesla's armored Cybertruck squad cars and Optimus 2 policing units within weeks in an effort to address the rapidly deteriorating security situation in the city. 
Oracle was up 1.2% after the announcement. <laughs> I just think that's so funny because it's like, I can see that as the future. The first time I read it, I was like, oh, is what what is going on here? Like, I didn't even see that it was like a future thing. Yeah. Um, but now that I read it, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> that where we're be, headed. And yeah. I can just see all these like pop-up conspiracy theory websites like about Optimus it. police cars like iRobot from that Will Smith movie. I mean, <laughs> You saw yeah. Optimus in person the other day at the I Tesla did, store. I did. That was pretty cool. That was like, yeah. we were just walking by um, our Tesla store and I haven't been in there in a while and there it was. <laughs> there it was inside and it was just like so cool I think to it was see just it. a mock. I don't think it was the real yeah, deal I'm of the sure. processor, uh, but it, it was it was pretty cool to see the I scale held of its it. hand. You did. I'm sure that the employee was like, what is she doing? Get away from yeah. that. But I did hold his hand for a second. So You probably left some smudge marks too on the hand. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> speaking of smudge marks, this is something like these images we're seeing of the Cybertruck. Yeah. It is. It has fingerprints all over it. It looks like my fridge because I have a three-year-old who puts her fingers all over the fridge. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's like, how are we going to keep these stainless steel vehicles smudge mark free, yeah. which kind of you know leads into what are the options because you can't paint them you can't paint stainless steel yeah so i guess the options are you're gonna have to wrap it if you don't want a stainless steel vehicle that has fingerprints all over it yeah so wrapping has been kind of an option with with teslas at least overseas i think we talked about this a couple of years ago in china beginning in i think it was august of 2020 they incorporated wrapping from the factory into teslas there and in some markets across China, and people are able to get those pre-wrapped by choice of their you know, colors they want. The Cybertruck so far, we've just seen that stainless steel color, and mm -hmm. then of course the wrapped ones that we've seen come yeah, out Yeah, so as I well. just saw an image actually of a camouflage wrapped yep. one, and then we've seen some of these funny images where they're mocking Ford and- <laughs> Toyota Tundra, mm -hmm. yep. So wrapping is already part of the game when it comes to the Cybertruck, and it is going to be interesting to see how do the wrap industry that, does. Do you think that Tesla is wrapping these vehicles to kind of tease that they're going to have that in-house wrap here in the U.S.? It would be an incredible opportunity to let slip away, I think, to, to have supposedly as much demand as there is with up to almost 2 million pre-orders. Even, you know, 15% of that take delivery within the next couple of years. That's still a huge number of trucks. So, I mean, it really comes down to, does Tesla have the capacity, the bandwidth to take this on? Because I think it would be an opportunity lost and I don't think they want to necessarily... Well, they're definitely upping their bandwidth and we're going to talk <laughs> about that in a minute. Yeah. I do think that's something that they could do and I'm curious if that would be an option when you go to place your order. Yeah, that's true. You know, instead of picking your color, picking your wrap. Yeah. So, it'd be interesting and then it will also... Obviously, the whole aftermarket accessory line here, we have wrapped both of our Teslas that we own. All of our Teslas that we've ever owned have been wrapped um, and something that we enjoy doing, just customizing it, making it look different. And the Cybertruck is just, I'm so excited to see what people yeah. do to it. And wrapping is going to be extremely expensive. Uh, according to our friends who, who do wrapping, you know, they said it seems like a very easy, they're excited to get their hands on the Cybertruck because it's going to be pretty straightforward mm -hmm. wrap with those angular design and, and sharp lines. Um, so maybe that also expedites the process from the factory's perspective of doing that in-house. Mm -hmm. It's expensive, but if it's going to be straightforward, then maybe it's not as expensive as a five, seven thousand dollar wrap in parts of the country. And from Tesla directly, you can get it for fifteen hundred. Yeah, it's true. Which is a and the thing about price. about the vinyl color change wraps is that they don't necessarily hold up super well. So it's something that you do have to redo every few years. Yeah. So if you can get the price down on that. Um, you know, if Tesla's able to do that, Especially that would for be... for a truck, you're going to be beating that thing up. And yeah, mm -hmm. it's going to take some 
nixed and marks and that stainless steel Poke come right through, through your, and it doesn't your look yellow as good. or white or whatever color you so choose what we did with our model x is we did the vinyl color change and then we did ppf which is a paint protection film on top of that to protect it all yeah. but i'm curious what you guys think and if you have a cyber truck on order like do you have plans for it or will you leave it stainless steel like i'm just curious what what people are planning on doing with that so i do think that giga texas might be able to handle um doing these wraps for the cyber truck because they definitely have big plans to do some major hiring yes they've been growing at an incredible rate as of the end of 2022 giga texas employed about 12,000 people that number is up to about 20,000. And we had the director of manufacturing at Giga Texas give a pretty rare interview in the last couple of days that kind of suggested that Tesla's up to 20,000. That makes them the second largest employer in central Texas. And keep in mind, they opened up shop in April of 2022. So we're talking like 15, 16 months yeah. uh, ago. And this has already ballooned to being the second largest company in that area. They're saying that the factory will have a capacity of 375,000 Cybertrucks per year. That's their annual run rate yeah. when it reaches full potential there sometime in the next 18 Yeah, to but they're not just going to be doing Cybertruck there. They're also doing the Model Y. Yep. And then they have big plans as well for recycling scrap metal. They're going to be looking at how to recycle the wheels, batteries. The minerals really... and the batteries, which is pretty rare. Usually those are done outside of the factory. So this is not just an EV manufacturing plant. This is kind of an all-encompassing, all-in-one, where they're able to do mm -hmm. the recycling of these materials, melt them together, test the batteries remove the minerals these don't go out of house and get done in independent areas as you often see within automotive manufacturers so it's really fascinating to see tesla's approach and they're saying that once we get to that run rate of 375,000 Cybertrucks per year, maybe middle of 2025 into 2026, Giga Texas will have about 60,000 employees, which brings it near the top. Yeah, uh, I think it was just Texas. like a grocery store chain that was yeah. larger. Yeah, so it's definitely grown quite a bit. And the potential with you know Model Y increasing its production and then seeing possibly a refresh, the Project Juniper come and the interest in really picks up. Then Model 2 potentially comes out of Giga mm -hmm. Texas as well. You can see how quickly Texas can be Tesla's playground oh, very yeah. quickly. Definitely, definitely. We all should move to Texas, maybe. <laughs> um, they say everything's bigger in Texas, right? Yes. Isn't that the same? It's funny, again, also with this, you look at the comments and you read, there are some comments where people are saying, oh, 12-hour days and poor work conditions, um, no unions. But then on the other hand, um, people are saying that Tesla employees vote against those unions every single time because they want to be able to keep those stock options, which is a big part of, you know, how employees are paid when they work for these companies. So I was wondering if any of you guys out there had any insight on that, if you work at Tesla or you have friends that work at Tesla, on what those working conditions are like. So on this channel, if you guys follow us, we do a lot of different raffles and sweepstakes. Yes. But Tesla has their own sweepstakes going right now <laughs> where you can win a Model 3, a performance Model 3. Yeah, referral, with that. referral prize, finally giving away cars again yeah, in well, Tesla land. Again, this is a sweepstakes. It is, yeah. So there are certain things you have to do. I think it's 1,000 points or 1,000 credits, yeah. credits yeah. which you can also get with like different in-app purchases to get those credits. Is that yeah, how it works? Yeah, so if you've got someone that uses your referral, I believe it's 10,000 credits for the Model 3, 20,000 credits when you get to the S and X category. So yeah, in, in theory, you know, you get a, a Model X referral, then you can enter yourself 20 times into the Performance Model 3 raffle. 
The Cybertruck raffle was 500 credits. That also increased to 1,000 after this Model 3 raffle was introduced. But we were talking to our friend Ryan McCaffrey from Ride the Lightning, and he was telling us that he's actually used all of his mm-hmm. referral points to go in on... He's all in. All in on the Cybertruck raffle. So. I'm curious <laughs> about that. How do you feel about that? Because we didn't buy any... any not I got, that I know of unless I got you one. are... I haven't told you. I got one. I, <laughs> it was 500. Online gambling. <laughs> no, I used one. I, I figured if, if we're going to win, if we're meant to win, we would win with one. So I just put in okay. one as opposed to okay. going in with, you know, however many points we've got. All right. So. We wanted to make sure that we had invites to the Cybertruck Correct. So event. So that was our priority. Used most of it on, on the Cybertruck but how do we feel? Do we, if we have more, are we going to enter for this Model 3 drawing? It doesn't hurt to do one more, I guess. But I, I really, I mean, having owned the Model 3 already, unless it was like being teased as the Highland Model 3, then maybe I would. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily want to just upgrade it for so the So I don't think it's going to be the new, it's like, not, refresh yeah. Model 3. And um, one of the big reasons I think that, and I know that, is because they said it's the performance model three and right now with the new refresh model three they haven't said there's going to be a performance option that's been interesting right the model three plus the two variants that we've seen overseas they've all come in with a rear wheel drive and then long range variants but nothing so far about performance so there are now some um you know there's always somebody out there that does some detective work and there's definitely been some detective work where there's a possible um, performance or plaid version of the new refresh model three. Yes, this is coming out of Europe's database. That's the European type certificate that some of the online Tesla sleuths have been able to decode. Sleuths? This is like, (laughs) I mean, we should like, they're not sleuths. I mean, they're amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad thing to be a sleuth, is it? I don't know. I feel like that has a negative connotation. But English is not my first language, so I'll just... Okay, I'll I'll give that to you. In the VIN of of the Teslas that are being produced, or at least the documents that are coming out across Europe, the eighth letter is the letter T, which historically for European models, for the Model S and Model X, that T was the tri-motor performance variant for Model 3 and Y that wasn't given the same designation. But for the first time ever, these newer Model 3s have the letter T in that eighth spot. So the online... Uh, investigators mm-hmm. are, are kind of leaning into maybe this being a tri-motor. I don't personally think they would put a tri-motor into the Model 3. Can you imagine no, like, the no. incredible performance? You would almost like damage something going that no. fast and something that small. So I did read something too that it will probably be dual motor as well. But what I think is probably going to happen is that they'll keep it dual motor, but they'll beef up one of the motors, probably the front motor, um, to make it more like the plaid. And you get more, you know, impressive numbers out of yeah. it, which is already pretty impressive as it How is. How fast <laughs> can this thing go? Let's talk about that because yeah. what is the current speed right now? So the top speed in the U.S. variants, I think, is 161 miles an hour. The refresh came out with, I think, was like 125. It reduced the top speed. And people were thinking in a lot of these other countries, you're never going to, besides the Autobahn in Germany, you're never going to get to the point where you're going to be utilizing that top speed. Tesla was able to improve performance numbers by performance, meaning range and efficiency uh, by, by reducing that top speed. But maybe this variant gives you that extreme top speed, gives mm-hmm. you even better performance. So like for me, top speed is not as important as the zero to 60. Because okay. that's the part that I feel like I 
use more. You can get like when you're accelerating yeah. to get onto the freeway, yeah. like being able to speed up really fast or cutting into traffic, whatever you're doing, that's more important. So that's where I think the performance comes in. But again, this car has a what is it like three and three and a half seconds? Zero to three point one is what what the current ones have. So this in theory could be possibly you know the two point nine maybe. I mean <laughs> that's that's just like insane. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't even know what to think about that, like what to make about that. I'm curious what your guys' guess is. Your guys's? <laughs> you, you love that. I wonder why I say that. Your, your guess is. Your guess is um, about that, what you think the speed will be, if it will be improved. Do you see it as tri-motor or do you think, again, they're going to do dual motor, uh, but just kind of beef up one of the motors? Either way, very exciting. Very exciting news. And I'm still sad that this is not coming to the U.S. first. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you got to give give the folks overseas something first. I, the U.S. market has gotten a lot of this stuff first yeah. for a very long time. So I guess if you're kind of sitting back and letting them have one here, it might be something worth I doing. thought, you know, even Canada might be able to get it before the U.S. because some of their cars went came from China. So That's I thought... Right. I thought um, you know, even if we don't see it in the U.S., we might see it in North America and Canada, but it doesn't it still look like could. that. It still could. After, you know, they reach full production capacity there in, in Asia and Europe, maybe then it's Canada and then it's U.S. So, yeah. yeah. We'll see. Um, very exciting stuff. So if you are planning on getting one and then bringing it to the U.S. again, please send <laughs> me an email. I'd love to see it. So we tried to rent a car from Hertz recently and did not have the best experience. Yeah. But Tesla is trying to make that rental car experience easier now. Um, so you have the option with the app to save all your user profiles to the cloud. And if you do that, you can upload all your new information to your car. So with Hertz now, they give you a barcode where you can scan it and then you'll be able to access your user profile information and use your phone as the key as the key for the car when you rent a car from Hertz or when yeah. you rent a Tesla from Hertz, I yeah. should say. That would be nice, right? I think one of the only hindrances when you're renting a Tesla, because we always try to rent Teslas and EVs anywhere we go, but getting the key card, especially when you're used to not having to use the key card on a daily basis, really makes, because you've got the key card for your hotel and you've got this key card and the valet and it becomes a little bit more cumbersome. So that would it's be really also, nice. Also, I feel like when you're used to driving a Tesla anyways, and then you get the key card, you kind of forget. And then you find yourself forgetting to lock the door. Yes. Um, but there's so many things that I forget that I do use my phone for. A lot of times I unlock the car because the kids want to run and get something out of it really quickly. Yeah. Um, you know, if you want to preheat your car, all these little things that you use the app for so much. So being able to have that access in a rental car, in a Tesla rental car, actually does make me want to try Hertz again, I will be. say. Even though... Our experience was not great. Um, do you want to share what happened? Yeah, I mean, we we kind of rented a, a Tesla. It was guaranteed. We showed up, and it wasn't it wasn't guaranteed at all. They said, "Sorry, guarantees don't necessarily mean you're going to get your yeah. car." We're, yeah, so we basically, like you said, and we got there and like, oh, well, you can't, did, where did you rent from? Did you do it online? Even though it says guarantee, that doesn't count. Um, so it's very frustrating. And not only 
could they not reimburse us or give us a vehicle? Um, they gave us like a 1-800 number to call. Just to get a refund after yeah. they'd already charged us for the car they couldn't provide. Yeah, it was yeah. frustrating. It was very frustrating. Have we been refunded? Have you checked? I haven't checked. You kind of forgot <laughs> no, about we that. Check. Yeah. We'll while, see. I, while we're editing this, I'll, I'll make While the... we're editing this, we'll look and see if Hertz ever refunded us. That was yeah. just a couple of weeks ago. We just we needed a Model Y for a video we were making. And yeah. yeah. Had a interesting experience, but what has your experience been with Hertz? I'm curious if anyone has been able to try this new feature. I did read somebody that already was able to do it on um, like Tesla owners worldwide or one of these Facebook groups, and they had a very positive experience. So every once in a while, I come across these stories that just inspire me, and um, here's one that I really liked. Actually, Tesla shared it, yeah. um, but DJ, let me get this right. DJK Weinharts. Did I say that right? I think it's Weingarts. Weingarts, yeah. Okay. DJK Weingarts Sports Club was able to flip their electric bill using Tesla's Powerwall. And I think this is really cool. This was over, I think, in Germany. Yeah. And they were spending about 600 euros on electricity every month. It's about 640 US dollars is yeah, what that equates yeah. to. And then by you know getting Powerwalls and doing the math, now they're making 20 euros per month. Yeah, they're making about $21 a month after having previously spent over $600 a month on electricity. And so it looks like the sports club had received three 40 kilowatt hour Powerwall units. And on top of that, they had about a 40 kilowatt solar setup as well with panels on their roof. So they're saying we're not only using solar energy, but we're generating it to power the sports facilities and the football pitches floodlights. And we're also running a large restaurant, including an annex to the hall. The hall holds around 200 people. The restaurant serves 80 and an adjacent room holds another 40, meaning they can cater events to over 300 people um, you know, at, at, at this sun. facility off the sun and make $20 a month out of it too. I mean, that is so inspiring to me. Yeah. I love reading about stuff like that. And that kind of leads into some of these other things that Tesla's doing, the city of California is doing that gives people an opportunity to actually make money off of their power walls. Yes. This virtual power plant is really interesting. Basically, you just use your app. If you have power wall and you can opt into it, you get an estimate of how much money you could potentially make um, from having power wall. So it also could essentially be a way to kind of you know, make money. Obviously, when you get solar, there's an investment up front, but this kind of gives people a way to make money on the other side of it as well. So I just think that's pretty cool. I know we're seeing more and more issues with climate change, especially in California, where they have these rolling blackouts and things like that. And I know San Diego already has a couple different things in place over there um, where people can opt into their programs for virtual power plants as well. But now Tesla is getting into the game with it. Um, so I just thought that was that was kind of interesting. So Kim, V4 supercharging is really expanding pretty quickly across Europe. The latest country to get it is Italy and southeast of Rome, they now have V4 stalls with a station that also has V3 supercharging stalls as well. These V4s are able to charge at 350 kilowatts. And last month, there was chargers being rolled out across the Netherlands. It was the first area across Europe to get V4 supercharging. Now it's kind of rolled over into getting some into Italy. The UK is also tapped into V4 supercharging stalls it's as well. It's been a busy week for the people of Italy because they <laughs> yeah. just got the Project Highland, the refreshed Model 3 and showrooms, and it's supposed to start deliveries 
I think next month over there. So yeah. now they have V4 supercharging as well. V4 is there and, and 350 kilowatts. So we're talking pretty impressive numbers coming in. And in fact, some of the customers that had done testing independently in the Netherlands said that they were able to see some 31% increase in amperage. And they also noticed that the V4 cables were significantly longer than Tesla's previous ones, which, you know, we often have these discussions about these cables being short so that you're able to maximize the output. Yeah. But, but now they're able to get to the point where outputs are incredible and the cables are And longer. obviously that's more convenient when you're going to charge because it's always like, am I close enough? <laughs> and I'm like, have to have you get out. Yeah. And like, you're like, oh, go back two more inches. And you feel like you're right yeah. up against the charger. So this next study, I saw it online and I sent it to you because I knew this <laughs> would be something that you would just love and dive into. So I'm going to let you kind of tackle this one yeah. and, and tell everyone about it. Yeah, Recurrent is an analytics firm. They actually release numbers running a test. I think their database has over 12,000 Teslas on file as far as how it performs in a variety of temperatures across the United States. And then they gave it or assigned these Teslas a range score and you know, range score of 90, for example, means the Tesla is able to retain 90% of its range after a certain amount of time, range score of 95, 95% of its original range. And they ran these tests over these 12,000 Teslas in colder climates and also in warmer climates. So perhaps not surprisingly, they found out that the range score for the northern climates where it's colder was actually higher, 95%, which means 95% of the original range was maintained in these 12,000 Teslas they ran uh, these tests on. And they were a mix of Model 3s, Ys, Ss, and Xs. And they said the Ys definitely had a more pronounced data set, which is why they used the Ys in, in their analysis. But you'll notice 95% for these northern colder climates, 92% for the warmer climates, meaning those warmer climates, southern United States, all on the southwest as well, uh, with hotter temperatures, the batteries long term perform poorly. And it's kind of a paradox, right? Because you're looking at these colder areas that take a hit from the battery management system using all of its energy to try to keep these batteries warm. But then long term, these batteries are staying healthier where in the warmer climates, you think you're getting all this great range, and in the moment you are, but long-term, you're degrading it slightly higher than you would in those colder climates. And there's kind of a gray area in between these as well, where they're saying that the numbers were kind of mixed. Some of them performed okay, mm -hmm. and some of them performed poorly. Uh, but it is an interesting data set that kind it of speaks to... It is interesting. I know we tried to do our little weather comparison in the heat. This <laughs> yeah. study seems like it was perhaps done a little better than ours. <laughs> yes. We did the best that we could do. Um, but, you know, I don't think that this is anything too new because I remember growing up, like we would keep our batteries in the freezer or in the fridge. Did you? Yeah, we did um, to keep them cold. This is something so, your engineer dad, I'm sure, yes. had you guys Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Off. He said, you know, keep your batteries in the fridge. So I don't know if that's like a normal thing, but it wasn't. Was our this house. like your normal Duracell batteries? Yeah, or are you talking like rechargeable? Yeah, our normal Duracell batteries. Actually, we would also keep film in the freezer. Yeah. Like film back when we had like a camera, you know, <laughs> we had put the film in it, we would keep that in the freezer as well. So I don't know, we would keep those things cold, but my dad was an engineer, so he yeah. had little things he would tell us to do and little hypotheses, <laughs> hypotheses, hypothesize, hypothesize. <laughs> what is that word? Um, but um, that's how we did it when we grew up. So I think that's kind of interesting. And also when you think about a lot of the times when you're losing range, when it's cold out, it's because you're running the heat and you're running yeah. all these extra things. So Better. it's not necessarily, vehicle, yeah. yeah, they're taking a load on the vehicle. You're losing range quicker, but at the same time, 
that's not necessarily um, the same as your battery health and your overall battery yes. health. So again, so, it's sort of that paradox in yeah. how you think about it. Yeah, the colder climates though, I mean, your battery will last longer. And we see, we've seen studies, we've talked about it on this channel as well. You've talked about the, the batteries from Jeff Don who did research putting these batteries in refrigerators and freezers in the 80s, pulled them out in 2015, and there was zero degradation on these batteries that were, you know, frozen in time. But of course, trying to utilize that battery, its capacity is going to be far less uh, being cold than, than, you know, if it's warmer. So should we run the AC in our garage? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Too much like love for your car's batteries. There. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, NACS, right? Yes, We're more NACS More news. NACS. This week, Jaguar announced that it is also transitioning to NACS. Very similar to what we've seen with everybody else. They're going to be almost offering... Almost everybody else, yeah. Almost everybody else. I feel like it's the same song and dance every week. <laughs> it's like another... Who's somebody next? else. We're going to be offering an adapter for existing, you know, iPace customers. Yeah. And then all of the vehicles, was it 2025 and beyond? Yes. Will have NACS. And it bodes well for Land Rover as well. The other, you know, aspect of Jaguar here. So getting their potential EVs in the future and Range Rover... Um, some some love with the NACS as well. I think Lucid is one of the few that's holding out still. Yeah. And Soria Merit made a point on on X the other day about how that's going to possibly hurt Lucid long term because its its owners really love their EV and it is a great EV, um, but they're almost you know not wanting to give in to and, and we talked about previously yeah. how Lucid CEO used to work, you know, at yeah, Tesla I think and kind of butted heads will. with Elon. They'll be last, but they'll <laughs> yeah. do it. They'll yeah. kind of be at that point where they have to. So the launch of all this came after Tesla released its universal wall connector, which I think is good. We're all headed in the right direction. You know, more charging infrastructure means more EVs. That's what we're all, we're all here for, right? <laughs> also, Tesla has a new help me choose function on their website. So when you go on there and you're trying to figure out which which Tesla is the best car for you. There's a variety of different questions they ask you about your lifestyle, you know, how much you plan to drive, all, all kinds of different things on there, which I thought was helpful for people because I feel like we kind of go through that. Every time we have a friend interested in Tesla, we're like, you know, how, where are you going to drive your car? How often do you drive it? What are you used to driving? We, we kind of yes. go through that. Well, now Tesla has that option on there as well. But what was really interesting is that ride they asked people if they plan on using their car for ride sharing oh yeah and i thought that was really interesting because we've heard tesla talk about how they're going to have their own ride sharing platform the fleet yeah the fleet of it so i wonder if they're starting to take in this data and just what they're doing with all that i'm not i'm not really sure but um i thought that was interesting with that feature i think they've seen the incredible i mean we randomly order ubers in any place we go in the country and like every fourth uber that we get shows up as a tesla so i think they they know they have access to these numbers so that is that's fascinating to see that they're starting to tap into it on their end as well yeah it's exciting to see what the future is going to bring. Yeah. I love that they're making it easier for people to purchase Teslas. And obviously a lot of people are because this week they announced that they sold their 5 millionth electric vehicle, um, which is huge. I was looking at the numbers of when we first took delivery of our first Model X back at the end of 2015 into 2016, they had made about 100,000 cars and I think over 90,000 of them were Model S's and ours was in the first couple of thousand Model X's. 
So yeah, from from one hundred thousand to now having five million, that that is pretty rapid growth, it's especially in the very, last couple of years. Very rapid, actually. I have some numbers I'm gonna pull up here. It was just about seven months ago that Tesla went from three million to four million, and then it took about six months to go from four million to five million. So we'll see how these numbers continue to kind of expand rapidly. And they also announced their fifty thousandth uh, supercharger stall that popped up in Northern California and Roseville, Red Supercharging Station to kind of commemorate all that. So uh, the, the growth is just mind blowing. It is, lots to celebrate, lots of big changes. I think it's really cool. Also for us, we have big changes. I'm not sure if you guys are watching this on YouTube or maybe listening to it, but our intention is you can do either with, with our new set. Um, we have new microphones. Hopefully you guys are enjoying it. And I, we really appreciate your support on our channel, whether you're just watching us, they've watched it this far, you've shared the video with a friend or you're you know, buying our merch, it all goes back to this channel so that we can get new equipment and make this experience better for you. And just thank you guys so much for joining us. Thanks for watching. Thanks.